From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, August 11th. Moab Community Child Care is actively enrolling children under three years old for their infant care services. This nonprofit has really taken off this year. They're opening these new infant care services while also supporting other child care providers in Moab. So we have like a two-pronged kind of mission. Rob Walker is the board chair of Moab Community Child Care. It's supporting the existing providers. So we're going to be providing you know, basic child care support services. We're also going to do more professional services, help them qualify for grants. And the other side is, you know, we're going to create new centers. This year, the organization received some big state and federal grants, jumpstarting their mission to improve the availability of high-quality child care in the Valley. Parents of young kids already know it's a struggle here. There are roughly 130 full-time child care spots between the 11 providers in the Valley. But the demand for child care is much greater. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I think it's 100 kids every year are born in Grand County at, at the hospital. And there's about 100 kids at every grade level. So when you think about it, and most parents, to live in Moab, to make it work, you probably both need to work, you know. So you probably have a lot of families that have maybe one provider and then one is staying home. And obviously you hear a lot about all the stress that families here have with trying to make ends meet. That's why one of the grants Moab Community Child Care recently received was recommended by Grand County's Economic Development Advisory Board. They identified child care as an economic development priority. With subsidies, Moab Community Child Care is able to provide low-cost services and also support others to do so as well. And they're addressing valley-wide provider burnout. We held some round tables a few months ago and had invited all the providers and lots of people from the community. And we were like, what's going on? And they basically all said, we're burnt out, but we love the job, but mm-hmm. it's hard and you can't find the staff. Taylor Rutherford is Moab Community Child Care's outreach director. The support the nonprofit gives to other providers looks like grocery runs, even cleaning, help applying for grants and increasing their staff capacity. We also do a lot of flyers for people. And so Montessori Preschool was looking for an aftercare teacher. She was having a hard time finding someone that would be a really good fit. And she contacted me and she was like, can you help? And I said, of course. Rutherford was able to help them secure the right staff member. Walker says the nonprofit has really helped providers expand. One went from 10 to 23 spots, another from 18 to 16 And right now they're helping a new provider open a daycare center from their home. It's like an issue that everyone knows is important. The speed at which we've been running is because people keep giving us water and cheering us on. And the support's been awesome. More information on Moab Community Child Care can be found at moabchildcare.org. Walker and Rutherford were recent guests on This Week in Moab, and their full interview will soon be available at kzmu.org. Speaking of children, an annual report on their well-being rates Utah among the best in the country. But advocates warn the report also points to a growing mental health crisis. Mark Richardson with our partners at the Public News Service has more. The 2022 Kids Count Databook, compiled by the Annie E. Casey Foundation, ranks Utah fourth among the 50 states in the top 10 in all four major categories. 
Martine Munoz, the Kids Count Director with Voices for Utah Children, says there was an overall 26% increase in mental health issues from 2016 to 2020, but the numbers increased substantially in communities of color and especially among LGBTQ kids. Within our LGBTQ community, facing policies to put them in a place that may make them feel that they are not part of society, that's very concerning. We need to really step back and see how children are being affected. Munoz says the survey ranked Utah first in indicators of strong family and community, sixth for economic well-being, and tenth for both health and education. He adds that while the rankings were good, Utah lawmakers need to do more to help kids by spending some of the state budget surplus on more mental and behavioral health care. Munoz believes one area where Utah could improve is by developing special programs to help students who fell behind during the pandemic. He says too few are graduating with their class. We did better overall, but then also high school graduation, graduating on time. We're still struggling, especially uh, who face challenges with disabilities. And so we need to make sure all of our students are graduating on time. Though the rates have fallen, more than 90,000 Utah kids still live below the poverty line. Leslie Bossier with the Casey Foundation says the federal government has offered support to help families, such as additional food assistance during the pandemic, but that help is likely to expire soon. It's incredibly important that decision makers seize the opportunity and the lessons learned during the COVID-19 period when more resources were provided to families so that we can make sure that every child has their basic needs met, that fewer children live in poverty, and that the overall well-being of children in this country increases. The full report is online at aecf.org slash databook. I'm Mark Richardson. Conservation groups are praising a scientific proposal to protect a large swath of western land that could help restore wolf and beaver populations. Benita Lee with our partners at KGNU reports. Researchers are recommending the federal government stop using portions of these public lands for grazing so that a wildlife corridor can be established from Washington state down to New Mexico. Scientists say successful reintroductions of wolves and beavers at Yellowstone Park and other wild lands show that these species make ecosystems thrive. Ecologists hope the plan, dubbed the Western Rewilding Network, will help restore streams and reduce drought, wildfires and other effects of climate change. The paper's authors challenged the Biden administration to create this wildland network as part of his America the Beautiful plan. After taking office, Biden signed an executive order to conserve 30 percent of U.S. land and water by 2030. I'm Benita Lee. A new analysis found that one in six journalists are now in a union, joining the trend of more unionization across the U.S., The Mountain West News Bureau's Madeline Beck reports. The Pew Research Center analysis also found that more than 40 percent of journalists want to join a union beyond those who are already in one. The largest support comes from younger staff. More than three quarters of journalists under the age of 30 are either in or want to be in a union. That's compared to 41 percent of those who are 65 and older. The Mountain West has seen more unions in newspapers over the last few years, especially from those owned by larger corporations. Those include the Casper Star Tribune, the Bozeman Daily Chronicle, and the Idaho Statesman. Michael Iklama is a sports reporter with that Boise-based paper and a steward with their union. You know, people are watching these corporate entities that, that now own us, handouts, you know, executive bonuses and stock buybacks, and at the same time laying off 
mass layoffs of journalists and saying, we can't afford to have you. It's like, well, you can't have it both ways. He says unionizing is how they fight to keep resources at local papers. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Madeline Beck. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, August 11th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.